the more I rolled it over in my spirit, just the more I felt like the Lord wanted me to continue with this, this carriers of the glory. And this uh, phrase, carriers of the glory, uh, kept coming up in my spirit because some uh, number of months ago at, at one of our Monday night prayer meetings, uh, the Lord kept talking to us and uh, through the Holy Spirit that we were going to be carriers of the glory. And we are carriers of the glory, but that's what he kept calling us, carriers of the glory. And uh, we were praying, and I even ministered a series for a number of weeks on cultivating our character, uh, the character of Christ. And um, so we carry the glory. And John 17, beginning in verse 20, and I don't plan to keep you long tonight, but I do want to get this across to you. Uh, for, for, for God to do in the life of any believer what he wants to do, that believer has to see themselves in the light that God sees them in. If I don't see myself in the light God sees me in, I can't walk in what God wants me to walk in because it requires an understanding uh, very often we use the phrase of who we are in Christ, and that's obviously true. But but God, see, anything that God says to you about you, you're required to walk in the light of that. If I don't walk in the light of that, I don't get the benefit from that item. All right? It's, it's uh, uh, years ago, I used to play drums for a Southern Gospel group. And uh, I mean years ago, a long time ago. And uh, uh, the, the head of, of the group, now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, and not like it was, he was some bad sinner, but he smoked cigarettes, all right? Now, you can think whatever you want to think about cigarettes. You know, I've heard people say, well, you won't go to hell for smelling cigarettes. And I heard one guy say, but you'll sure smell that way till you get there. But anyway, now, that's, that's, that's not what I believe, but anyway, the point is, this was back when Nicorette had first really become popular, and it was still by prescription only, all right? And you had to get a prescription from your doctor for it. And so he had a prescription from his doctor, and he had went and filled the prescription. And every week, he was going to take his Nicorette to work and quit smoking. Every week, he was going to. Well, he had the product. He had it there available. He didn't walk in the light of what he had. So consequently, as far as I know, he never quit smoking. All right, now, you, you understand? Everything that the, the Bible says that every promise that God has has been freely given to us by God so that we may know what is freely ours. All right? When God expects us to walk in the light of what he has made us. All right? And John 17 Verse 20, it says, Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. All right? So he's praying for the disciples that are there with him in the garden, and he's praying for you and I. Now, verse 23, notice what it says. He says, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect or complete. All right, that, that's the, the word perfect is complete in one. Now, now do you see that? He brings I in them and you in me that they may be perfect 
in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them as you have loved me. Amen. Do, do you see that? So he says, the glory that you've given me, I've given them. All right? The glory then is a uniting factor. The glory you gave me, I have given them. Same glory. Now, now that's important because God wants you to see that. It's the same glory that was in Jesus. It's the same glory that was revealed on the Mount of Transfiguration when Peter, James, and John were on the mountain with Jesus and they went to sleep while he was praying. And when they woke up, it says they saw Moses and Elijah having a protracted conversation with Jesus and that his face shone with the glory of God. Amen. That's the same glory that's in us. You can't see it because it's in a physical tent called your body. But one day the Bible says that when we see him, we shall be like him. Well, how are we going to see him? In his glorified state. And when we see him in his glorified state, we will be like him in our glorified state. So what you see on the mount is what's on the inside of you. It's the same glory. Same glory. Amen. So the glory then is a uniting factor. It unites us because we all have the same glory. We all have the same glory. You know, in, now, now here's the thing. In most families, I got them right here. In most families, what unites that family is blood. Have the same father, same mother. Everybody's one because there's a uniting factor. Well, what unites us? We all have the same father. God's our father. Now, here, here's the thing. People say, well, God's the father of everybody in the world. No, he's not. He's, he's only the father of those that believe in him as their father. That's what unites us. That's what makes us look past black, white, Hispanic, Asian, male, female, old, young, short, tall, whatever. That's what makes us look past that and see who we are in Christ. Amen. In uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. I want to read this to you from the Weiss Bible. It says, by every enabling power being constantly strengthened in proportion to the manifested power of his glory. So it says that we are strengthened in proportion to the manifestation of the glory. That we See, our strength comes from the way we allow the glory to function in our lives. And then he went on and said, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. The King James says, made us meet. That, that word means able in the Greek, but it means qualified. If you were made able, there was something that made you able. 
You had to be qualified. Amen. Had to be qualified. And it says God qualified you for the portion of the share, now watch, of the inheritance of the saints in light. So we're strengthened in proportion to the manifestation of the glory. And then he qualified us. So we didn't qualify for the glory or the inheritance. We had to be qualified by the Father. Now, remember, God can move in the proportion in your life to the proportion that you walk in the light of what belongs to you. I'm, I'm qualified, all right? If, 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 you're, if you're dealing with a, a, a piece of machinery or a vehicle, all right? If, if, uh, if, if you drive heavy machinery, there's different qualifications that you have to have and you have to qualify, Amen. all right? I mean, you know, if, if you, you can learn to drive them without qualifying in the sense that, 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 you know, you were raised doing it or whatever the case may be. But if you're going to get a job and you're going to do it for a living, then there has to be a qualification process. Everyone in here understands that because everyone, I hope, has what's called a driver's license. <laughs> that proves you, your eyesight qualifies, it proves that your knowledge of the traffic laws qualify for you to what? Drive the car or the vehicle that you came here in. If you don't have a license, it doesn't matter how long you've been driving. The law says you don't qualify to drive that car. There are people that you know and I know, they have been born again for years upon years upon years, but they're not walking in the light of the inheritance that belongs to them because they don't know they're qualified. And you will only walk in the light of what you know you're qualified for. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So one of the first things we have to understand is we have an inheritance. I have an inheritance. A her inheritance is something that is given to you to have. It's, it's, it's your inheritance. Amen. I, I have things in my life, in my possession, that are already allotted to my children, that's going to be their inheritance. All right? It's theirs. It's theirs now. It belongs to them now. Right? Amen. And you take possession of it. You have to take possession of your inheritance. Amen. See, Remember in, 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 in the Old Testament, you remember the story that Joshua came to the people of Israel, came to some of the tribes of Israel, and he said, how long is it going to be before you go partake and take your inheritance? You're not, you're not taking the land that belongs to you. You take possession of your inheritance. It becomes yours Amen. And inheritance is something, watch, that's given to you to use. 
In other words, you have the freedom to use it. You have the freedom to enjoy it. There are people that are righteous by nature and they're not enjoying it. They're laboring under guilt and shame and condemnation. They're laboring under fear and they're not enjoying the fruit of their inheritance which is right standing with God. Now that's not a license to sin. That's the power over sin. Amen. See, you can't look at something like this and say, well, you know, I qualify for all these things, so it means that I don't have a part to play. Oh, yes, it does, because as surely as you were qualified by God, you can disqualify yourself by living outside the light of God's word. God won't bless what he has said is wrongdoing. He just, he just won't do it. Amen. Are you following me? The Father qualified us and then gave us an inheritance. Now, now think about this. What qualifies my children for their inheritance? They're my children. That qualifies them. You might not think they're qualified. Other people might not think they're qualified, but they're mine. So they get an inheritance. Amen. And, and, and he intends for us to use it and enjoy it. Amen. Amen. Our inheritance is the fruit of another person's labor. Amen. We, we didn't qualify for it and we couldn't qualify ourselves. The Father qualified us to carry the glory. Amen. Amen. In Ephesians 1.11, in the Amplified Bible, it says, In Him we also were made God's heritage portion, and we obtained an inheritance. We were made God's heritage portion. And we obtained an inheritance. So our inheritance then is not something I'm looking forward to in the future. Pastor Ron was talking about what God has already done for us in our finances. Right? And, and remember he said, he said uh, in Mark chapter 10, he said, whoever leaves houses, uh, a father, mother, houses, lands, family for my sake and the gospel... They'll receive a hundredfold now in this life. Remember what he told the, the rich young ruler? He said, sell what you're holding and give to the poor. Come take up your cross and follow me and you'll have treasure in heaven. Right? What, what does that mean? I'm, I'm, I, I've got something in heaven right now that's put to my account. It's my inheritance. And whenever I need it, I can draw on it in the earth. Because it's my inheritance. Amen. I have a good friend of mine that some number of years ago, his mom and dad uh, called him and, and, and said they wanted him to come uh, back to the home place. And what they had done was they had sold a lot of land that they had. And uh, they had converted the land, of course, into cash. And they called my friend and his sibling in and they gave them the cash money. And they said, now this is your inheritance. 
And they said, you can do whatever you want to do with it. All right? And they, they, they suggested some things, but they said, you can do whatever you want to do with this. Well, my friend took his inheritance and went immediately to a financial advisor and invested a large part of that inheritance. And now that inheritance is making him money. Amen. Right? But notice he was given his inheritance. And his father advised him not to spend all of that inheritance on one big purchase. Hallelujah. Now, now think about that. So this inheritance is not something I'm looking forward to in the future. So my friend is never saying, when my parents pass away, I'll get my inheritance. They already got it. Because it's already been given. They're enjoying the fruit of it. Hallelujah. Do you see that? We've obtained our inheritance. We obtained an inheritance. It was mine when I was born again. We've been qualified. These things belong to us now. So important. Look, look, look at Acts chapter 20. Acts 20 and verse 32. Am I helping you at all? Hallelujah. And uh, the Amplified Bible says concerning this, notice Paul said, I commit you to God, I deposit you in his charge, entrusting you to his protection and care, and uh, I commend you to the word of his grace, to the commands, counsels, promises of his unmerited favor. Notice, it is able, he says, to build you up and give you your rightful inheritance among all God's set-apart ones, those consecrated, purified, and transformed of soul. That's us. So notice what he said. Our inheritance comes to us through the word. When I was a boy growing up in church, we sang this song. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. All right? That's, that's what we sang. I don't know that we believed it, but that's what we sang. But our inheritance comes to us through the word. Why? You won't know what your inheritance is until you get in the word. You don't know who you are till you get in the word. All right, once you get in the word, Paul says you begin to see a picture of yourself in the mirror of the word. Oh, hallelujah. Right? You, in the natural, you didn't know who you were till somebody told you who you were. You didn't know you were Jeremy Wilder till somebody told you you were Jeremy Wilder. Amen. Are, are, are you following me? I, I remember Lily and I went to uh, uh, piano lessons, her first piano lesson. And, and they, they were playing, uh, teaching her a little thing, and, and it, it was on, on, on the black keys, and uh, it... it it basically went like this. Let's all play a game. Say your mother's name. And then you're supposed to say your mother's name. 
So she went, let's all play a game. Say your mother's name. Uh, mommy. <laughs> and the teacher, I was sitting behind the teacher said, well, what's your mother's name? And she goes, mommy. <laughs> and I said, it's Michelle. And she went, no, it's not. <laughs> it's mommy. Right? She, 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 she did a deal at school, and it, and it said, uh, you know, things that, that you like that your dad does with you is for Father's Day. And it said, uh, what's your father's name? She said, Pastor. <laughs> because when we go to church, people call him Pastor. And I said, my name's Philip. And you know what she did? No, it's not. (laughs) Right? Well, now she knows. But here's the thing. She had to be told. She, no, nobody, you understand why I'm saying this? You had to be told who you are. It had to be explained to you that you're my son, you're my daughter. Right? Right? You, you are... Liliana Steele, you are Marie Price, you are Ron Poole, you are whoever you are. This is who you are. Amen. What happens when you get in the Word, in the Word, your Father is telling you who you are. And He's he's saying to you, I've given you an inheritance And part of that inheritance is you carry the same glory that I possess. Amen. Notice, the Word's able to do two things. Number one, build you up. Notice the Word never tears you down. It builds you up. People have to use parts of the Word to tear you down. If you're just preaching the word, it builds you up, all right? And so he said, the word is able to build you up, secondly, and to give us our inheritance among the saints. So notice where the inheritance is, among the saints. The set-apart ones. Ah, amen. That's a good place to say, I've been qualified. qualified. Amen. There's very few believers you know that will call themselves saints. But yet, that's what the Bible says you are. Amen. Well, and you'll even hear people say, well, you know, Pastor, I'm no saint. Well, you don't know who you are then. Because, now, now, why would a person say that? Because they're looking at what they used to be instead of what they are. Now, make no mistake. If you keep living like what you used to be, that part of you, that, that old dead man has resurrected and is exerting power over you. In, in, in any area. Listen, Christian, I'm just going to say this, Sunday night crowd, y'all are hardcore. Christians don't cuss. Your, your cusser should have been cut out. Right? Christians aren't running around drinking a little bit. We're Christians. We're, we're, we're different. 
I, in, in my church, especially where leaders and people in departments are, I have a zero tolerance policy for alcohol. Zero. We are teetotalers. Why? Be, because the Bible says don't do it. Well, I'm working on it. Well, you just you better keep working. But if I find out, I got a zero tolerance policy. Amen. Why? Because it opens the door. What's the Bible say in the book of Proverbs? Who has woe? Who has problems? He that sits down at the wine and spends a lot of time at mixed wine. He says, here's what do you have? Bleary vision, bloodshot eyes, and he'll feel like somebody beat him up. And then when he sobers up, he'll go after it again. Now, I'm not, I'm not preaching about drinking. What, what I'm trying to explain to you is there, there, there is a difference. I've been qualified, and then I live like I've been qualified. If you don't live like what you are, you'll never walk out what you are. At some point, you got to step out in faith and say, I'm a new creature in Christ. I am what the Bible says I am. I don't have to go down that road anymore. I'm going to stay over here in the saints in light. Is that right? That's good stuff. Look at Acts 26, 18. I don't know if I'll get through all this tonight. But you know what? I can hit pause and come back. Isn't that great? Amen. First Peter, or no, no, Acts 26, 18 is what I said, right? Acts 26, 18. This is Paul before Agrippa, and he says what the Lord said to him. He said that he was sending them to the Gentile to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them that are sanctified by the faith that is in me. Notice what they receive when they receive forgiveness of sins. Inheritance. Inheritance. What I'm trying to get you to go away from here tonight with this understanding what you've been promised has already been given. Amen. I have my inheritance. And what qualifies me for it is I'm God's child. And I understand what it is by looking in the Word. The, the Bible says that the reason why we have Old Testament and New Testament, all right, there's a last will and testament that's read where an inheritance is concerned. And the Bible says that, that, that these things are in force. They're not in force as long as the testator is living. But Jesus gave us our inheritance when he went to the cross. And then he rose from the grave to enforce it. Isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it wonderful that you can take your last will and testament, the inheritance, to the righteous judge of all the earth that happens to be your father? And he'll stand by what's in the inheritance? Mm. Isn't that right? 
Look at 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. I want to read this to you from the Amplified Bible. Oh, hallelujah. He says, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4 in the Amplified, born anew into an inheritance which is beyond the reach of change and decay, imperishable, unsullied, unfading, reserved in heaven for you. Hallelujah. Do you see that? 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. Born, not chapter 3, 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. Born anew into an inheritance which is beyond the reach of change and decay, imperishable, unsullied, unfading, reserved in heaven for you. Hallelujah. The Weiss Bible says, kept guarded in safe deposit in heaven for you. Notice that. Now, that, now I'm, I'm going to talk about this in just a moment. That doesn't mean we can't touch it till then. It means this. Remember what Jesus said? He said, He said, Don't lay up for yourselves treasure on the earth where moth and rust do corrupt and thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust nor thieves break through and steal. My inheritance is kept in a place that's beyond the reach of decay. Beyond the reach of change. It is imperishable. It's unfading. It's reserved in heaven for me. And I can access it when I need it. Or when I want it. Hallelujah. Now religious minded people will say, yeah, when we get to heaven, we'll get our inheritance. When we get to heaven, we'll get our inheritance. Those people are going to be surprised when they get to heaven and hear, why didn't you walk in your inheritance? See, this is important. People talk about heaven being the reward. Heaven is where you get your reward. It's not your reward. Heaven is my home. You you know, you're not going to be amazed when you get to heaven. That's where you're from. It's important. Are are you going to see things you never saw? You're going to see things your natural eyes never saw, but you're going to be right at home. Yeah, but you know, John in in the book of Revelation, you know, uh, uh, he was was blown away and, and he fell out because he was in that presence in his natural body, not in his glorified body. When you encounter the presence of God, it's not your spirit that grows weak and trembling. It's your flesh. Because your flesh was never designed for the presence of God. Not a flesh under the curse. It's important. 
Hallelujah. Your, your inheritance is everything God said was yours now. And it's kept guarded in heaven. And it's beyond decay. Oh, hallelujah. The Good Speed translation says it's kept safe for you in heaven. Mm. Now, religious-minded people are being robbed because they're not partaking of what they've been qualified to receive now. And here's another religious mindset. Well, I just don't need that much. What's well, a cop-out. How can you enter into generosity thinking like that? Because it's, your focus is you. Well, I don't need that much, so just give me what I need. Well, what about being generous? What about, what about taking advantage of every opportunity to sow into the household of faith? It's important. Because they're not drawing on their inheritance. It's not just financial, but that's a large part of it. Part of your inheritance is walking in health. Why wouldn't you want to be healthy all the time? See, I'm convinced of something. We can't help but age, but we don't have to get old. There is no couch with my name on it. I'm determined. I'm determined. That's not, never is that ever going to be me. Amen. I don't even have a lazy boy. Amen. Because you stay in, you, a body in motion stays in motion. Is that right? But, 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 but there, 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 there are people that aren't partake, and, and, and the ravages, the, the, the issues, the effects of aging, it's just overcoming them. It's just overwhelming them. And they, instead of understanding that they have an inheritance that says your youth is renewed as the eagles, that to those that have no strength, he, he increases their might. God gives power to the faint. They just fall into the same line of thinking as the world. Well, once you get to a certain age, you know, first thing that goes the legs. You know, and, and they'll forget where they put something. They'll go, well, what do you expect? Ha, 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 I am 60. Well, I can't do what I used to do. What about your inheritance? Do you understand what I'm trying to get across here? It's not just that you need it. I'm not trying to get you to exercise or do anything. Don't You want to eat pie? Eat pie. Eat all the pie you want. Enjoy your pie. That's none of my business. But don't fool yourself thinking it's not making an effect on your body. Because it is. You can't eat sugar and it not affect you. See, I'm, don't, don't fool yourself. But you have an inheritance. You follow me? Don't expect the ravages of time to overtake you like it overtakes other people. 
I've talked to people and they'll say, I, I watched a relative go through that and I just don't want to go through that. that. Listen, that's not partaking of your inheritance and that's not faith. Amen. That's like sin and talking about how you don't want to. If you don't want to, don't. Amen. Amen. If you don't want to go through what they went through, don't go through it. It's up to you. It's in my inheritance. Hallelujah. So notice, hmm, our inheritance is reserved for us. And I don't know if I'll get past this point, but if we don't, it's okay. What that means, it means it's watched over. It's preserved. It's safeguarded. It's protected. I like this. It's set aside. It's mine. And it can't be ruined. It can't be compromised. Amen. See, there are things in life that want to corrupt your inheritance. And want to corrupt it. But our inheritance can't be corrupted. It can't be moved. It cannot pass away. It's safeguarded in heaven. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 2.12. Let, let me try to get through this part of it. We'll, be, we'll get done. And, that, and, that, and that's a, a, a place that you can operate in faith from. No, that's not part of my inheritance. I've, I've only got to take what's my inheritance. See, there are things that I qualified for, and there were things that were disqualified for me. Sickness doesn't qualify as part of my inheritance. It's been disqualified. Poverty has been disqualified. Depression has been disqualified. See, and that's why when you fall into that line of thinking, well, everybody deals with that. Like my wife was sitting in, uh, in, in church one time in Florida. I think you were with her. Was you with her? And, and the minister was ministering. And he made the statement uh, talking about uh, the flesh. He was talking about uh, the battle between the spirit and the flesh. And there's only a battle between the spirit and the flesh if you let the flesh have the ascendancy. That's the only time there's a battle. But here's, here's the thing, is, is he, he said, you know, uh, everybody lies. We all lie. He said, I lie. And he looked at my wife and said, Michelle, don't you lie, right? He said, no, I don't lie. I don't lie. But why? Because my book that tells me what my inheritance is said, lie not. So we don't lie. I mean, you might not like what I say, but I won't lie to you. Amen. And you know, there are people, even believers, that would rather you lie to them than tell them the truth. Mmm, won't happen. Not going to do it. Why? I, that's been disqualified. Remember Romans 6, it says, sin shall not have dominion over you. 
Because you're not under law, you're under grace. Now that again is not you just do whatever you want. It, it simply means this, that I'm not under something that's, that's based in the power of the flesh. I'm under something that's based in God's power, God's power and God's ability. So, so sin having dominion over me, it's been disqualified because I've been qualified to have dominion over sin. Amen. First Corinthians chapter two and verse 12. It talks about we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. The scripture Pastor Ron uh, quoted in his, in his offering message, religion has taken that over the years and just blew it out of proportion. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It's not entered into our hearts what God has prepared for them that love him. Well, the Bible sure says that. Isaiah, he read it tonight. It says, it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Right? But then what did it say? Let the, let the wicked man forsake his thoughts and the unrighteous man his ways. Right? So you got to forsake your thoughts and your ways. Why? So that you can know the things that are freely given to you by God. And notice this. Things freely given. Freely. Hallelujah. See, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is like the clerk in the attorney's office that contacts the heirs. Hey, there's going to be a reading of the will. You need to come down to the office. Watch so you can see what belongs to you. You're an inherit. You're, you're an heir. The Holy Spirit will let you know the things that are freely given to you by God. Mmm. Isn't that good? Now let me finish with this. Religion will create an inferiority complex. You know, you shouldn't spend too much time remembering what you used to be. Now, don't misunderstand me. You should always thank God for where he brought you from. Amen. But he brought you from. I'm not that anymore. Think about this. How, how would it affect your marriage if your spouse always talked about what they did when they were single? Might not be too good. Because it would appear that you enjoyed being single. And maybe that you wanted to be single again. Well, you keep going down that road and you might be. Right? Because why? Listen, this is so important. If either spouse 
wants anything more than they want the marriage, the marriage won't make it. You can't want anything more than you want the marriage. I've had people get frustrated at me in marital counseling because they want me to take sides. And I let them know straight up, I am not for either one of y'all. I'm for the marriage. I want the marriage to make it. If you're the problem, grow up. If you're the problem, grow up. Because we need the marriage to make it. Don't whine to me about how he won't and whine to me about how she won't. You got to want the marriage to make it. Yes, Amen. 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 I've had people say, well, we're staying together for the kids. Wrong reason. It was the two of y'all before the kids ever showed up. Right. E even where I'm concerned, I, was, I, was, I, I got married in a ready-made family. Amen. But I didn't love those kids first. I loved her first. And because I loved her, I loved the kids. Are you following me? Now, I'm using that as an analogy because the Bible uses the analogy of the marriage. If you want anything more than you want what God wants, you won't walk in your inheritance. Hallelujah. And religion builds this inferiority complex. You can't spend too much time focused on what you used to be. Hallelujah. Well, I got to tell people where God brought me from. You can tell people where God brought you from from the standpoint of that person's dead. Look, look at the new creature. See, the victory is not in the big testimony. The victory is in the big deliverance. Amen. Matter of fact, everybody, oh, well, let me move away from that. <laughs> because religion says, well, you know, when God looks at me, he looks at me through the blood of Jesus. That's the only way he can stand me. Hmm. Can, can I tell you that God never looked at you through the blood of Jesus? Because when you got born again, the blood of Jesus cleansed you from all unrighteousness. If he was looking at you through the blood of Jesus, that would just be an atonement. Are you following me? In the Old Testament, atonement, it meant to cover. Now watch. You can't see my Bible, but it's still there. Just covered. Well, every year, I had to come back and get it covered again. But the Bible says when you got born again, that the blood of Jesus took your sin out of the way. Doesn't exist. So listen, listen to me. It's not there. It's not there. 
He said every year under the, old, under the first covenant, that remembrance of sin was made every year because it only atoned, it only covered. But it said that Jesus Christ went into the presence of the Father one time for all time and obtained eternal redemption, not atonement, redemption for all of us. Are you following me? So religion says, when he looks at me, he looks at me through the blood of Jesus. No, when he looks at me, he looks at me as cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Cleansed by the blood. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not a sinner anymore. Why? My sins have been washed away. See, that's important. Because if you don't see yourself that way, you'll have a hard time believing you qualify. Got to walk in the light of it. Amen. Now, let's finish with this right here, and we'll, we'll quit. Not because I want to, we have to. First hmm. Corinthians 1.30. The, the very first part of that verse, it says, But of him are you in Christ, of him, God, are you in Christ, who of God's made in us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. The Weiss Bible says, but as for you, I like this, out from him as a source are you in Christ Jesus. Of him, the Father, are you in Christ. Now, here's where a lot of people, even good word of faith people that I love with all my heart, they, they stutter at this. I am of God. I came from the Father. People say, no, Jesus came from the Father. No, I came from the Father. My born-again spirit man came from the Father. How do I know that? What's Hebrews 12, 9 say? It said that, that when we were on the earth, as we're on the earth, we submitted ourselves under the natural correction of our, of our earthly fathers, right? And submitted ourselves to them. He said, how much more should we submit ourselves to the father of spirits? No one in here will disagree that you're a spirit. Well, if you're a spirit, he's your father. If you have a born again spirit, he's your father. So listen, listen, you have a natural father, right? Now, I'm not trying to be common, but what, 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 what is the indication there? Who'd you come out of? Your father. If you didn't come out of your father, he's not your father. You might have been adopted or whatever. Said that's your adopted father. God adopted you. Hallelujah. That means he brought you into the family of God, but he birthed your spirit. You are out of God as a source. That qualifies you. And, and that, will, that will put an end to a lot of what the enemy wants to do in believers' lives if they'll just walk that out. Do you remember why, Jesus, and, and, and I could keep teaching on this and I'm not going to, but that, that's why the Bible says you are in the world, but you're not of the world. 
Now, there are believers that quote that, well, bless God in the world, but not of the world. If I'm not of the world, I'm not going to live like the world. If I'm not of the world, I'm not going to think like the world. If I'm not of the world, I'm not, I'm not going to have the same decay and corruption and destruction that the world has. I'm not of the world. Amen. Listen, there are things that are inherited from the parent. If the parent don't have it physically, the kid can't get it. There are things that didn't come from our father. He didn't pass them on to me. I don't have to have them. Because he didn't pass them on to me. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Well, just say this out loud. Say, Father, thank you tonight for my inheritance. Thank you that I qualify. Thank you for all that belongs to me. Coming to me under grace in a perfect way. I receive it. I claim it. I possess it. I access it. I use it. Right now, right now, tonight, I lay hold on it. My needs are met according to my inheritance. My body is healed according to my inheritance. How my mind is free according to my inheritance. I'm not a sinner. I'm a saint according to my inheritance. I'm not bound. I'm free according to my inheritance. I'm not a slave to sin. I'm a servant of righteousness according to my inheritance. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I qualify. It's mine now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. And that, as they say, is that. Glory to God. Isn't that good? Let's stand up tonight, shall we? Amen, 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 amen. Oh, we glorify the Lord tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You have it now. Hallelujah. Have it now. That's right. Amen. Now this coming up Sunday, this is December 4th, right? This coming up Sunday. Praise God. Now Pastor Ron will be ministering both services this coming up Sunday. Now you heard him tonight. He's like a calf led out of a stall. Amen. His introduction's an hour and 40 minutes. Now I'm joking, but uh, he's a good minister an able minister of the gospel. Amen. And uh, so uh, normally he and Pastor Marie would share the duties, but she's going to be out of town. And uh, uh, this is the weekend that our associates minister. So Pastor Ron's going to be ministering, preaching, praying, prophesying, laying hands on the sick, seeing people saved and healed and delivered. Amen. Now, now you understand? If, if this is your body and this is your church, then you're going to come and give the same honor and the same respect to the associate minister that ministers in the pulpit as you would to me or my wife. 
Uh, we, we trust our associates. We put our trust in them. We respect them. We honor them. We believe that they have something to say from God. And that's whether it's Pastor Ron, Pastor Marie, Brother Dave, uh, Anthony, Tanya, whoever, Kevin, Cairo, who, whoever we have up here, we trust them to minister the word of God. Amen. And so uh, uh, more than just building him up, I want, I want you to know that, that there's an anointing on Pastor Ron to get people set free. And uh, you just got to be under that anointing. So be sure and come out this weekend. And I know you will, but I'm just encouraging you to come out and be a part of what God's doing. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, come on, say it with me tonight, would you? The vision of... Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.